to us as his people to gather such a time as this. Thank God for Kanda Season of the Spirit 2021. Such an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, we really bless God for this great privilege he's granted unto us. Um, I, for one, am really privileged personally to be here. This is my first time in Canada as it were. And it's such a rare privilege by the Spirit that the Lord has granted unto us, even in this present prevailing climate, for us to meet in such a manner. And for me, it's, it's, it really represents uh, a new, well, I say a new advance in how the Lord is going to be reaching out to us and blessing us in seasons ahead. Um, the Lord can never be held to ransom. Amen. We thank God because He's able. That's why He's God. So we give God praise. We thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for His grace and His mercy over us. We thank God for His emphasis at this time. We thank God for, particularly in my heart, I want to thank God for uh, what He's doing in Canada. Um, um, I remember when Canada was not yet a thing, and I remember how it started by God's grace. I'm privileged to be a little bit aware of how, how the work in Canada started, and for me, it's, it's, it just shows how much potency and how much, um, how much grace is upon what the Lord is doing, how much the agenda of heaven cannot be limited by numbers, cannot be limited by distance. Um, if memory serves me correctly, I remember that the work in Canada started in the manner which we are ministering right now. Um, it started what we would like to call remotely. Um, I think Daddy had never been to Canada at that time. Um, just by correspondence, there's a few correspondence here and there, and the work blossomed. And for me, it was a sign, I believe it's a sign in the spirit that... Um, when the Lord is about something, when the Lord is backing up something, he will move at his pace. And the onus is on us for us to, as much as he will grant us grace to keep up. So for me, I'm very much encouraged. I'm very much blessed by what the Lord is doing. Thank God for all the men of God is raising there. Okay, let's open to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, where Daddy has been reading from. If you could put it up for me, thank you very much. Ephesians 4, let's read verse 17. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I find in my heart, just a short over exhortation for us to take advantage of what the Lord is bringing to us in this season and the manner of his delivery or how the Lord has chosen to bless us. Uh, one thing we should all be, we all should all be uh, uh, comfortable with as we grow in things of the Spirit is to receive the ministration of God, how it comes to us through the vessels He has placed over us. The Bible says the Lord set. The Lord is the one that set. He's the one that set. And if He sets, the blessings that we should have as people of God is to identify what the Lord has said by His grace and, ident- and, and follow through or partner with it as His word. So let's read the scripture. Um, Ephesians 4 17 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. We can stop there. Uh, just verse 17. But the operative word that I want us to look at is this henceforth. It says that ye henceforth, uh, my version of the Bible, which is New King James or Revised King James, easy to read. It says that ye hereafter, or to put it in modern parlance, it means that from now henceforth, that means from this moment on, there's like an expectation of Paul to the Ephesians that they should no longer walk as other Gentiles walk. That means that prior unto, up until that time, no matter the kind, there was a, there was, there was, 
there was not a demand, so to speak, for them no longer to work as Gentiles worked. What am I saying by that? I'm saying there were some activities that they were exposed to by the administration of Paul to bring them to the point where he could actually tell them now, because of X, Y, Z, so many this, this and this that have been, has, you have been exposed to by the grace of God. Now there's an expectation upon you no longer to walk as other Gentiles walk. You know, the Ephesian church was a Gentile church, as it were. But there was a separation that was brought forth by reason of certain activities. Now you read from verse 1 of that same chapter 4. He gave them commandments. He gave them instructions. I won't read the whole thing because of time. But um, uh, the one I'm going to pick out uh, is from, ver- I think, verse 13. Thereabout, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, let's go from verse verse 11. He says, verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. Okay, let's just go back to verse 10, so that for, for emphasis sake. He says, and he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers twelve for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 14, that ye henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and by the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love verse 15 may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined and together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working of the measure of every part maketh increase of the body Unto the defying of itself in love. So this I say therefore and testify that because of what we have read, or we can go for as far back as Ephesians chapter 1 and see how the Lord uh, through Paul prayed for them to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Prayed for them, eyes of understanding to be enlightened. He also prayed in chapter 3 that they will be strengthened with might. You know, as Pastor, uh, Pastor Lake led us in prayers, pray, they will be strengthened with might by the spirit in the inner man. All this was lead to a point that they will now be empowered no longer to walk as other Gentiles walked. But the emphasis I have, I have in my heart is there was the ministry of Christ that came to the Ephesian church that was an example of how the Lord has chosen to bless his people and that was what was going to deliver them from this Gentile work. What do I mean by that? Um, David prays, said, Lord, turn my eyes from vanity. I find that you will walk as a Gentile if you do not take advantage of the provisions that God has granted you as a person or, the, uh, or an assembly to be delivered from that Gentile work. It is not something that is automatic. If we don't take advantage, what comes to my heart strongly is that when there is the presence of an apostolic grace, for example, in times of old, like Paul, Paul had the, Paul was an apostle by God's grace. And there was an apostolic grace upon the church for to deliver the people of God from that Gentile operation or of all that walk of vanity that and i perceive strongly one of the one of the ex- high expressions of the apostolic grace is to is to uncover as it were particularly in times like this jesus is the first apostle he's the first class apostle as we've taught by um, reverend ken higgin he's the first class apostle he's the first person to to hewn forth or to bring forth that manner of ministration and what one of the things apostolic grace does is that, is that it uncovers or it discovers or it charts a course or a way so jesus came and charted a way no one else would chart that way he charted a way back to the father 
Now, one thing other apostles came to do was they came to, as it was, strengthen that way. Now, they strengthened that way. Paul, Paul or, or unveiled that way, made it clearer to people so that people can see how to walk out of that vanity expression, which is, which is prevalent upon every human being. As long as you are upon the face of the earth, you, the life you will by default live is the life of a gentile or the life of vanity there's no escape there's no how there's no there's no amount of natural education there's no amount of 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 exposure to any kind of learning other than the learning of christ by the ministrations that the lord has have left for for deliverance for you to escape that work of vanity it's not it's not escapable by man so the lord had to institute the fivefold what we like to call the fivefold ministry to Bring man to a point that he will be enabled to escape this gentilic work. The point I'm trying to stress is that when we as believers do not take advantage of the ministry of Christ that has been left for us, we will not escape vanity. There's no escape of vanity. So Paul was, well, Paul was a champion of, of let's say, uncovering the way of Christ upon the face of the earth. Now, the earth, after the advent of the apostles and everything, the, the world went to a dark ages, and those ways were covered. Now, that brings to me, that, for, for me personally, it's, it's a bit of, it brings me a little bit of concern. I, I was I to ask myself, someone like John walked the face of the earth. How was it that, in his, how was that, that walk, or that, that, that expression of life eroded? That means, the power of vanity is not what we think. Vanity is much, much stronger than we think. Because vanity is the alternative life that was sold to man for man to relegate God in the background. Say, I don't need God. It was something that was powerful enough for man to embrace as a lifestyle. That means it had a hope. It had a promise. It had a glory. It had everything that man would look for. For him to say, I don't need God. So I'm God instituted one thing, one, one of the graces the Lord instituted to bring us to, to deliver us from that vanity life is the apostolic, what I like to call the apostolic grace. Now, when one of the things about apostolic grace, and I, I think it bears a lot of witness to Canada, Canada, as, as uh, the ministry in Canada, the work in Canada, started without seeing our daddy physically. And for me, that, that speaks a whole lot in the spirit. There is the power of the apostolic grace that can culture a people remotely. And for me, that is an expression of Christ that, for me, it shows, for me, it's like a rubber stamp. Christ says, I am in this thing. I am here. When I'm able to just by voice or just by correspondence, you know, till tomorrow, the, the grace upon the person like Papa Hagen is still culturing people. I mean, recently, I was speaking to someone who had an issue and I gave her a book. I told her, read this, read this book. And she read this book. What book? Believer's Authority. She read it. She came back with testimonies, testimonies upon testimonies. She sent the book to somebody else who was also, I'm saying, who also came back with testimony. Just a book. Now, it's not just a book. There is a grace behind it that will continue to be evergreen. Why? Why? You know, you know that speaks of how even the enemy's work is so, quote unquote, everlasting. You know what the enemy did is everlasting. When I say everlasting, if there's nothing to stop it, it will continue forever. When I say forever, it will continue to be. Until something acts against it to cut it short, it will continue to replicate itself. Vanity replicates itself from generation to generation. It's enforced from generation to generation because there's an everlasting quality in vanity. That's, an, that's a negative apostolic strength. So you see, just by sitting here in Nigeria or by, or just by proclaiming a message and putting it as well on the internet and somebody in another land 
takes hold of it, listens to it, and I've listened to Pastor Jeff's testimony of how something leapt out in what I believe leapt out into spirit and began to culture him was the apostolic grace upon the set man of this ministry. I'm saying that to say that when the Lord raises somebody, and Lord hewns a vessel for a generation. We do our best, it will be our best interest to take full advantage of it without sentiment of fear or favor because it is the Lord's raising for a people. If we turn our backs on it, like in the times of Paul, if you turned your backs on Paul, there are certain things you would have been cut off from. There's no other, at that point in time in history, there was no other person the Lord was dealing with in that manner for the body. So the apostolic strength or the apostolic grace that the Lord raises from time to time is for primarily uh, well, many things, but one thing I know is for is for the reinforcing of the way of Christ. The way of Christ must not leave the earth. It must continue to be present for people to walk in. If, and you know, it's very easy to cover way. When you cover a way, you cover way by preventing people from walking on it. No matter how beautiful that third mainland bridge or in Nigeria there's a third mainland bridge, if you leave it long enough, you'll be surprised grass will start growing on that bridge. So one way you preserve ways is that you continuously point it out so that people can continue to travel that way. They continue to walk on that way. Now, one thing apostolic life does, it continues to make that way visible. It makes it visible for generations. Keep walking on it. Keep walking on it. And I find that the, the, the ability to replicate it from generation to generation, from place to place, is one of the, one of the signs that God is back, back anywhere. Because the, what the enemy has also done with his own negative apostolic strength, because we know that uh, the enemy is a negative apostle, when you say cherubs, cherubs are messengers. They are sent ones. The devil sent himself with an agenda of his own. And it, and it's, it, is, it's, it carries a negative kind of strength that, is, that has, has lasted. Someone said he has 6,000 years experience. He has been experienced at, at, at tuning out ways. Just give men multitude of ways to walk in, just to cover the way of Christ. But thank God in our time, the Lord is raising, has raised, and is continuously beaming light on the way of Christ. So the, 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 one of the things that we're going to take full advantage of in this season is the apostolic strength, I make bold to say, that is about what the Lord is doing in this time. We are blessed because the only reason why we have marked the kind of change we have marked in such a short period of time, some of us have listened for only 10 years or so, and you have found a change. I, I, I make bold to say that you cannot be in the ministry of an apostle, of apostle and you will not change. Sometimes you are not, you're not even happy you are changing. But you will change. You are annoyed sometimes about some kind of change you are seeing. You may think that you are you, these things, but there you by reason by being under that grace, being under that grace, there will be transformations in you. There will be transformations in in removing your feet from that vanity walk. And that is the, what the ministry of Christ, that's what the fullness of Christ comes to eradicate completely in the soul. It comes to you when you are so full of Christ, there's no more space for vanity. Anywhere that Christ is not sitting, vanity is sitting there. Vanity has to sit there because that was what was there before. We were all born into the world of vanity. And I'm saying this to I'm, I, the, the emphasis is flying strong in my heart is that that recognition of the apostolic grace that is for our transformation. I know all the fivefold ministries are all for our transformation, but I speak in emphasis to the apostolic grace. Why? Because I know I, I'm able to say it. There's so much, you know, it's, it's not in the same. It's not whether I say it or not. I'm just saying by evidence, just by watching, by seeing things around me, and by a little bit of understanding I have, it is evident that there's great apostolic strength about what the Lord is doing in this time, what the Lord is using to raise us here, what the Lord is using to raise brethren in Canada and all over the world. And it is not just for raising sake. There's something the Lord is doing. He's eradicating vanity. People have to prove in this time, you know, there has to be, there has to be 
evidence in the spirit that a people are no longer living by vanity. When that happens enough, then we can say this age will close, which is what we are looking for by God's grace. So we are trusting God, you know, as we, are, as we have been privileged to hear what the Lord is saying through his servant. There's, I want us to know that there's a whole lot of apostolic strength behind it. Daddy may say we shouldn't call him an apostle and we will listen to him, we will obey whatever daddy says. But we know that there's apostolic strength, great apostolic strength behind what's happening here. And that is why it's able to replicate itself. That's why it's able to be transgenerational. You find children are being cultured after the same manner. You are finding it over the last generations. And I see that very similar to what Paul was telling Timothy. He said, what I've committed to you, who was his son, he said, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It will be transferred from generation to generation until that way is so much, so much established upon the face of the earth that generations after will see a way out of vanity. As long as men don't see a way out of vanity, which is one of the things apostolic strength comes to do, apostolic mandate comes to, comes to ratify upon the hearts of men. There is a way, a way to journey away from that which has separated you from God. And they're adamant about it. You check anybody that has apostolic strength, they're adamant. They don't shift. They don't shift. Paul, you check Ephesians, check Colossians, check Thessalonians, check Philippians. You see consistency, consistency, saying the same thing, hacking down worldliness in the Paul. Paul was, Paul was, and any Paul said, Paul said, I am crucified to this world and this world to me. The world and Paul were diametrically opposed to each other. They hated each other. It's like they see each other across the road, they will just hiss at each other and one person turned out with the other person. They were, they were enemies. That was because he was, he was resolute. Our Lord Jesus Christ was resolute in his, in his, in his ab, 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 abhorring of anything that separates man from God. And that is the same, the same kind of strength he gives to those who are raised as apostles. And it's because the same, the same thing goes for all our fivefold ministries that the Lord has raised. But I find strongly that what screams my heart is that issue of an apostle and recognizing that provision of God. When we recognize it and we identify with it, then we unlock the fullness of the strength of us and we can see, we'll see ourselves further established on this path out of vanity. As we said earlier, there's no escape from vanity without help, without help of fivefold ministry. Any, 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 any gift of Christ that is not separating people from vanity is not walking in its full calling. Because the gift of Christ is supposed to show you Christ, which is the anti-life, as it were, to the life of vanity. And we are praying strongly in our midst, strongly in our, uh, in our hearts, strongly in our lives, that the Lord will continue to, to make that path clear. You know, the enemy fights to cover it. This is what he does. That is his mandate. His mandate is cover that path. Make sure as few people as, as possible walk that path. So in a generation, maybe only one person walks. And only two people. But the Lord is, as we can see in our time, the Lord is scattered all over the world. The Lord is causing people to begin to find that path. That path out of vanity. That path out of the things that separate man from God. That path. And people are finding their ways to walk... I, I, you know, particularly amongst young people, you, you know, it's very rare to find young people. It's rare, but it's no longer rare. We, we find it very commonplace in our midst, and we give glory to God for that. A lot of people, young people at the age, are finding strength to deny vanity. You know, I was talking to Pastor T the other day, and we were saying, you find some decisions some young people have made with that you, yeah, as Daddy would say, they have, they have taken an oath. You know, when you take an oath, it doesn't mean you doesn't necessarily mean you have you have cut cut your fingers or made a blood covenant as it were. There's just a Daddy called it a a, a decision, a, a swearing of the heart, an allegiance that your heart just comes into, and some 
have sworn that they will they will follow this part to the end. I know it is a, it is the power, the apostolic strength that is back back what the Lord is doing that is pushing that kind of resolve into hearts of people. And we are finding a lot of people are making that resolution. It is the Lord's doing, and it means that somewhere somehow of a truth, what the Lord has determined to do in a generation will come to pass. In that a, a, a people will rise upon the face of the earth that come, have, have sworn to be enemies of vanity. As much as it's clear to us, you know, vanity, as we are finding, is uncovered more and more as we journey in light. You know, one thing I'm finding, uh, was, and it's, it also came to my heart in the course of this ministration, is that when we are learning Christ under an apostle, under some of the Lord who has raised, we should, we should not hold on to any definition. I find apostles are, are champions of, of definitions. Apostles are champions of definitions because how, how, do you know one of the things that the enemy did was he redefined everything. He just redefined it. He didn't change the name. He just redefined it. So when you think of a thing, you no longer think of what that thing actually is. You have another interpretation of what it is. So he redefined ministry. He redefined life. He redefined death. He redefined success. He redefined failure. He redefined salvation. He redefined hell. He redefined, he redefined everything. I want apostolic strength. One thing apostolic grace comes to, it comes to uncover those, they are called ancient landmarks those definitions are ancient landmarks that the Lord has left, what Paul calls death is what you should call death is what Jesus calls death, any other definition should not be in the heart of someone who is following that same way and it holds true for every other definition, I found the devil has just redefined so carnality, carnality you, what, what, they know carnality has a definition for carnality Flesh has a definition for carnality. Flesh has a de- vanity has a definition for spirituality. Vanity has a definition for pleasing God. Vanity has a definition for displeasing God. No, vanity has defined. There's no definition that is not caked in vanity. And one apostle, one apostolic strength comes to show you what those, those where those definitions have missed it. You know, when I'm not defining something the way you are defining it, then we cannot. We are no longer seeing things. We are no longer seeing eye to eye. We will never meet. We will never agree on anything. So he sets us in different, gives different definitions depending on different emphases. Different emphases. You know what for? Like, and it's it's the way the world is designed. I say in closing. Um, depending on the profession you do, something can mean, one word can mean different things to different people. I, if you hear formation, like you are hearing Christ, you hear formation, you think Christ. A geologist hears formation, he thinks of alignments of rocks. Another person hears formation, maybe an architect, and he thinks a building. It's just different depending on your profession. But I see the Lord raising the, the profession of apostle shows us the true definition of everything so that we're able to stay on what Christ calls it and therefore journey out of vanity. I see a lot of enmity in our hearts concerning vanity. The Lord will raise. If this is what, if one thing the Lord, you know, on what understanding will do, is understanding will, one of my favorite definitions of understanding is, the Bible says, to fear God is wisdom. It says, to depart from evil is understanding. So I do not, I've not yet understood until it has informed a departing from that which God himself calls evil. So when that definition is restored to me, then I can walk the walk, I can journey out of it, and then I can bring forth the kind of lifestyle the Lord has called us for. So I would like us to really, really trust God uh, to further more and more, uh, uh, um, uh, as it were, make our heart, open up our hearts to the ministry of the apostle that the Lord has raised over us. Yes, there's an apostle in our midst, the person of our daddy, the Lord has raised him an apostle, an apostle of the way of Christ. I'm at, at my own level, little definition. Someone that you stay with him long enough, you stay listening.
listening to the word of God through his mouth, you will begin to cite the way of Christ. And you will cite that, that 180 turn away from vanity, which is the way all of us have been living. Even when we started our Christian work, we started it in vanity. It, 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 that's just the truth. But we, until our eyes began to be opened, then we began to see that actually, yes, there's a way we ought to walk. And as we continue along that faith, faithfully along that path, then we'll find our, way, our, our steps being separated more and more from vanity. Praise the Lord. I'd like us to pray one prayer. One prayer came to my heart as, well, as, we, we, as I was meditating on this meeting. Um, Paul said, what I have taught you, committed to faithful men. There's a need for faithfulness. There's a need for faithfulness to what the Lord is committing into our hands, not just for ourselves, but for those who also depend on us to see that way. You know, when the Lord opens your, your eyes to see the way, he's tied, as one of our pastors will say, Pastor Tyler Fasson will say, there are generations tied to each of our loins. There are some people, their only contact with the, with the way of Christ as it were will be you. And there's a, there's a need for me to be faithful to that part. Can we pray that what the Lord is raising in our hearts, causing to be established, that we will be faithful to it. We will be faithful to it to, to, to do our quota. You know, our quota, where it comes to my own quota of it, that I will, where I'm supposed to walk and make sure that that path is still visible, that my feet will be found, where I will have walked to such an extent that that, that place will not remain, will not be eroded by darkness. My feet will walk that path. There will be faithfulness enough. They will find faithfulness. The Lord will find us faithful in walking that path out of vanity. Walking that path. The mileage I'm supposed to cover, even in my surgeon here upon the face of the earth, to separate, to cause there to be a separation even from vanity, that I will walk that path. I will walk that path. My feet will be found on that path. And I will walk it faithfully. That will be said of me in the realm of spirit. This is one who journeyed away from vanity. And these were his steps he marked in the journey away from vanity unto the fullness of the promise. In the name of Jesus, we ask for grace for faithfulness. We ask for grace for faithfulness. Faithfulness in following even those you have set over us, O God, that will continuously and consistently lead us away from vanity. Lead us away from that which has separated us from you as a people, O God. And we ask, O God, that generations after us will learn faithfulness from us. Will learn faithfulness from us. As Paul learned, Timothy learned faithfulness from Paul and also communicated to other generations from us also. They will, they will learn faithfulness. Faithfulness to the path of life as you show the path of life we'll find grace to journey we'll find grace to journey grace to walk grace to walk faithfully following even who you have led whom you have loved you have set before us oh god to walk that path and show us the way out in the name of jesus hey in our days in our time that day that that way will not fight will not will not lack sojourners will not lack journeymen will not lack journeymen in the name of jesus father we thank you father we give you praise blessed be your name our lord and our god thank you our father glory be to god in highest in jesus mighty name we pray amen